back to Movie Geek. My name is Carissa Corona. I'm gonna take you along with me as I find new apartments in the town that I grew up in. <laughs> um, I've been looking around here and just trying to find um, places to live because this is where my kids wanna be. And ultimately I wanna make sure that they're happy, you know? Not a lot of parents ask their kids what they want and I want to make sure that I do that for them because I don't want them to have like the millennial syndrome. <laughs> uh, but back to movies, back to movies. So if you hear something in the background that is what you're hearing, um, the number one thing that I was thought of trans of thought is was I was going to talk about January films. For me, for me, um, I think this year is promising. To be honest with you, I think this year is definitely promising. Just because, just because it already started out as a good, like last year totally sucked for movies. And I know not everybody agrees with me on that, but I'm going to stand by that. I thought last year's movies just really sucked and everyone tried to blame the pandemic. And honestly, I don't think that's true. Let's be honest. We all know that celebrities don't even follow their own rules, you know, like they're woke. They're woke, um, whatever, they're woke agendas. They don't follow their own rules, so let's keep that realistic <laughs> um but yeah i i just don't think that that was a good excuse as to why movies sucked but here we are and honestly like i was not i was not walking into 2023 thinking that it was going to be the greatest year for film or anything to be honest, I thought we were going to have more interesting, maybe like music wise, just because I really like how Taylor Swift made a short film out of one of her songs. Like little Carissa was screaming inside. And um, that's, that's something I personally have always wanted to do as, as someone who's part of the industry. And... I definitely didn't think that that was something that was ever going to happen. So it just definitely makes me happy to see Taylor Swift do that. Um, and I hope we get more of that. I would love more artists to feature short films for their, their music videos. It'd be amazing to me. Uh, however, um, it's back to film. I, there was only a few movies that I was impressed by. And they were, I was impressed by them for different reasons. So as far as films in, you know, January, I mean, we already know January, February, March, they're not the best times for movies to come out. Um, people are just barely coming out of their, their caves at this point, their winter hibernation. Um, but when there is a movie that's like awesome, that comes out during January, I'm definitely impressed by that. And 
the biggest problem I feel there's going on going into film in 2023 is there's way too many remakes like they want to remake everything and at this point just know we need more stories we need new storylines it's like don't make another Batman movie because we already have like 25 of them you know I know people love Batman but like we really don't need another Batman and that goes the same with all these remakes like they're we don't need another Fast and the Furious you know so that, that that's what I was like happy about um some of the films that I watched this month I watched Knock at the Cabin to be honest I like I really like Dave Bobista. Like, him as an artist is really interesting. I know I have this thing. I was just talking to my friend about it because he was watching um, Good Day Sacramento. Or not Good Day Sacramento. Good Day America. And um, that football player is on it. I don't even know his name. But I know that before that, he was a talk show host for the Regis and Kelly show. And then a lot of different things. So... I was like, the American dream kind of sucks in that end because normal people, like normal average people, if you don't have a degree in that specific, like if you didn't go to college for that thing, they're not going to hire you. Like I can't just go to a news newsroom and say, hey, I'd be a great anchor woman because I'm interesting. You know, like they would want to see that I went to school to do this, but for whatever reason, when you're famous you could do whatever the hell you want if you you want to be a singer but you've always been an actress you could be a singer if you want to be a person that played football all your life and now you want to be a news anchor like you can do that um it's just kind of like the contradiction of being american i guess the more money you have the more things that are available to you so i'm not saying that just because he's he's not a good act, uh, anchor honestly I don't even know if he's a good anchor I don't pay attention I don't watch but you see that often like people switching careers it's like when Michael Jordan decided to play baseball like we all know Michael Jordan should never have played baseball <laughs> um but you know his movies as far as an actor goes he does really good at making movies about himself like but him playing characters that are not him he can't do so I felt the same like with Dave Babusta I thought oh god he's he's like an ex-WWE like what does he think he could be doing in film um and up until that point you know he was playing like the strong guy and there's nothing wrong with that to be honest um but like I didn't expect anything else from him but seeing in him in this movie, Knock in the Cabin, was actually very entertaining. I think he played that role very well. And, you know, his character is like a s- serious person, but also you find out he has a soft side to him. Like he's supposed to be like a coach for children. And him interacting with the little girls was very heartwarming and sincere. And so. I was very, I, I, I actually t- took down my judgmental hat and thought, okay, yes, some people can transition into other careers, even though they never, that wasn't their like number one. Um, that could just have been me being a hater. <laughs> um, but 
to be honest, I really liked the film. I think, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan, whatever. M. Night is kind of that person where you know his films have an alternate meaning and it's going to be weird. Like right now I'm watching his show Servant and honestly, it's like a trip watching, but also so good. And I don't expect anything less from him. Like you definitely think that he's going to put you in this weird perspective, but like bring out real issues. And so for this um, film, he, he brings out the like things wrong with the world you know what I mean but also the good things for the world like what's gonna heal the world and so there's like a guidance and there's redemption and there's healer and there's compassion and each person that came into the cabin represents that thing and ultimately what saves it all is love and at first you're not aware of that I mean I don't want to spoil the movie for you guys but those are like the top keys of each of each idea for him um and it's definitely I think the movie can go either way I think it can be predictable but also it can be unpredictable because it's unpredictable in the sense is you don't realize why it's gonna happen like predictable you know what's gonna happen but unpredictable is you don't know why why that turn of event happens um and ultimately I feel like with one of the characters it's really an eye-opening experience for them to deal with their anger and heal themselves and the other character was completely satisfied with who they were and the choices that they make and I think that's like the two different types of people in the world there's type of people that live in the victim mentality and the other peoples are at peace at who they are I think that that group is very very small because ultimately we want to hoard our experiences and we have to let it go we have to let our experience go and that's really what I gathered from the movie and I think back maybe I gathered it because that's where my vantage point is right now like if you listen to my other podcast I'm like all about letting things go right now because I'm realizing it doesn't it harms my life more than it does build it up or empower and so I don't know I really I like I said I always leave M. Night Shyamalan's films with a different perspective and really reflect on myself and how I view life and it's interesting because it's obviously you see the trailer it's about an apocalypse and the damnation of humans but ultimately you see why there's a damnation of humans and I think that's a very common message for all films like if you look at every single film that's ever been a dystopian world you all know that it always starts with a virus and a cure and then a war and then the world falls apart and usually it has some type of global ex you know blow up or it it's environmental but every single and then you find out that the the cure is in the next generation and it gets back to that fundamental idea that we're killing our earth we are killing our choices our everyday choices kill our earth whether it's killing humanity and how we respond to each other or it's killing 
the environment that we're living in. Like, and I was actually having this conversation with my son because I just had them write, watch a few dystopian films with me because there's books as well. And I had them read it and I wanted them to find that common denominator, which is once we destroy ourselves, we rebuild. And that's why it's good in the new, the, the new generation. And I was like, look at our life. Like at one point, even with mass diseases, we didn't really have them and we didn't really die from them. It's not recorded because it didn't happen. You know, the people live their life completely different. I mean, even look at, I, I use the example of Vikings, you know, the Vikings would travel by boat. These, it was very rare for them just to die. And the reason for that was because they were eating from the land. They were not they were not driving cars. They were walking places and traveling by foot, traveling by boats. The boat's travel was actually very minimal because if you look at a map of all the places they traveled to, it was, they didn't spend long times at sea, maybe months at sea, but not that long. And then also the food they ate was very natural. I mean, look at the animals. The animals were eating off the land. And then when they ate the animals, they were eating what the animals ate, you know, which was in turn what they were eating off the land, growing their own food. And I'm not here to tell you that you have to have some homestead. I mean, I think it definitely will better society if we do that. But our bodies, our antibodies, our white blood cells, they're not producing the way they should be because we're putting garbage in our body. We thought we were making the world easier by having processed foods and cars, but we're actually damaging earth and making our bodies accessible to natural diseases. So like I told him, coronavirus, very real. Our bodies were not able to fight it the way we thought we were because we are not producing a white blood cell to be able to, 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 to fight it, you know? But this next generation, if you see after the apocalypse, the next generation is able to fight it because they are eating and living differently. So I think that this movie definitely, I don't know, we could ask him what he, what the purpose does, but my, my vantage point was we need to change the way we live. We need to change the choices we make. We need to change the hatred we have and all around the board, you know, all across the board, we have to change everything because if we don't change everything, we're actually in a position that kills us. It damns us to an apocalyptic death you know what I'm saying so I personally really liked I give that movie a 10 out of 10 you know how hard it is for me to give a 10 out of 10 but I definitely give it a 10 out of 10 it's unexpected the storyline is woke to the sense that we need to be woke not necessarily like you know woke culture but like telling us like hey wake up we're doing things wrong the way we respond to people is wrong. The way we live our life is wrong. The way we, our choices, they're wrong. And we need to make better ones. And what else movie? What I trying to think? Oh, I watched, I watched, um, Mia Goth's movie. Um, what's it called? I'm trying to find it. Interpol. 
Man, was that crazy. Highly suggest you not to watch it with your kids. <laughs> Do not watch it with your kids. Um, I think it's PG-13, but honestly, it should have been rated like X. And you should have been on X when you go watch it because it's psychotic. Um, but ultimately, it really was a good movie. It was hard to figure out, but at the same time, like, once you do figure it out, you're like, oh, crap, that's actually really good. Um, yeah, I was, like, tripping over it because, um, basically, they're on this, like, euphoric, psychedelic trip, but they're in a foreign country, and they don't know that he doesn't know that he's on it. I'm going to probably have to watch it again just to really grasp everything that happened in that movie because it's wild. I'm going to give that movie an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 because you have to watch it a couple times to really get what's happening. I know I will. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's a movie that I would want to watch again. Definitely not. But... In the long run, if you watch it, you're not leaving disappointed, but it's not one of those movies that you'll watch again. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's definitely one of those movies that are just so bizarre. And it's definitely a Mia Goth movie. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely something she would make. And it also stars... Thomas uh, Kurtzman, Jalil Lespert, and Alexander Sazgard. Um, I actually liked, it was different for Alexander, I think. It's a different type of thing that he usually does, and it was nice to see him that way. Uh, I just think, like, overall, it's really one of those psychological thriller type films, and you have to be interested in that in order for you to want to watch it. It's just not for the casual lot person, you know. Um, another film I watched was Plane, and that actually was a really good movie as well. Um, definitely not what I expected it to be, but it's got, it was intense. It was very, it's like an action thriller, and it definitely gets your heart rate going. Um, right from the jump, there's people on there that I just wish would die <laughs> immediately. But then there's other people you're like, oh man, they could actually survive this, you know. Um, without, it's, it's really hard to explain this movie without giving out the spoilers. So all I'm going to say is if it's still in theaters around, you know, where you live, go watch it. It is act, if you're looking for an action-packed thriller this movie is it it's definitely along the lines of what Gerald does you know it's his type of films um so basically everything you expect from him to do as a as an actor that's what this film is it's very action-packed it's got a lot of um twist and turns but it also has uh, a nice little story you know a nice little storyline so um, I'm going to give that one a 7 out of 10 just because it's not like the top of my list, but it's also not a terrible movie. Um, it's just very predictable, but it still has a nice storyline. And I think I already talked about this when I went and saw Missing 
on January 20th. And honestly, it was not impressive at all. Like I said before, I don't really like that like cyber filming. I'm not a fan of that. Um, it's, it's okay. You know, it's not, it's predictable. I think it is. It has a, it has, it has a, I wrote it, actually, I wrote it on my Instagram. So if you go to Movie Geek, I wrote it on my Instagram. It does have a, it does have a, like a very serious ending and it talks on something that's very serious, but ultimately it just wasn't something I personally enjoyed watching. I, as a thriller, I wasn't thrilled as a horror type junkie criminal interest you know I wasn't thrilled by that either it just didn't have a wow factor it was actually a very boring movie for something so serious you know what I mean I just was I was indifferent I just left like meh I could have gone I'm just I left thinking I'm glad I didn't pay for this Oh, that's horrible. But that's exactly what I thought. I left thinking, I'm glad I didn't pay for this. And it's just one of those movies, if you haven't seen it yet, just wait till it comes to pay-per-view or better yet, just wait till it comes to one of your streaming apps. Like, don't spend any money for this movie because it's not one of those movies. It's like one of those movies you watch when you're like casually watching on a Saturday afternoon, you know, like you're not really doing anything and it's just kind of background noise. That's the kind of movie... And I think I generously rated it as 5 out of 10. And I stand by that. I'm generous. Because I'm not saying that it's so terrible that it deserves such a low rank. Because it's not that terrible. But it's still... I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent about it. So a 5 out of 10. I feel like that's pretty generous for this movie. The next one I watched was Megan. And it came out January 6th. Um... Honestly, that was actually, it was an okay movie. I think it really opens your mind about technology. Like that's the, I went and watched it with my friend and that was the conversation we had, which was, it's really eye-opening to how casual we've become with technology. I think, you know, cause I'm a millennial and I'm an elder millennial. So we grew up in a time frame where technology was still fairly new. Like, obviously, it was around, but it wasn't as common as it is today. So, like, it wasn't common for people to walk around with cell phones, especially kids my age. Like, being in junior high, no one had a cell phone. And then in high school, people were getting cell phones, but they weren't really... We had to pay for our minutes and, you know, like, you didn't really use them because you were sharing with your family. Like, it was made for emergencies. <laughs> Only the rich kids had, like, an unlimited amount, but it wasn't even... Like, unlimited... I think unlimited messaging came when I was, like, graduated from high school. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't as part of our life. Social media really wasn't part of our life. As much as they want to say that that's who we were, it wasn't. Millennials, they have a complete, they think we're like a fast age full of people with technology. And I just, it wasn't like that, you know? It was actually more of an inconvenience to use technology in that capacity. Um, 
because like dial up, you know, like dial up came out. Now we had computers in our house. We didn't spend all our time on the internet because if we used the internet, it was going to take the phone line. And you know, mom was going to get mad about that. Um, so you had to like literally ask, is it a good time for me to go on here? Because it's going to take the phone line. Um, and you didn't spend a lot of time on it. You know what I mean? So it was a part of our life, but it wasn't a part of our life. It didn't, our whole life did not revolve around it. If, if that makes sense. So now as adults, and it's so heavily influenced on our kids, like it's just part of our everyday life. The, I, I remember the first time I ever saw an iPhone, I was like 19 and I was working and the baker that the cake decorator and the baker had iPhones and I was like mind blown by them. I was completely mind blown by the fact that she could listen to her music on her phone. Like that was like the craziest thing to me. But that's what really intrigued me, like to be able to have my music and my phone calls and my pictures all in the same place. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to surf the internet. That eventually came, but I felt like it was casually introduced to our life. But now our kids, like it's all their lives, you know, like they are so saturated with technology that they can't like, I asked my son if he goes to computer lab and he said no. And I was like, well, then how did you learn to type? And he goes, we just did it. What? <laughs> I specifically remember going, I had time set out for us to go to the computer lab and do our typing assignment so we can learn how to type because they told us it was going to be a part of our life and we wouldn't be able to get a job unless we knew how to type. And so we had to like type fast. And then we got to play Oregon Trail after that. <laughs> yeah, but it's not part of their life now, which is crazy to me. It's just, they just know. They're just programmed to know. It's just part of their life. And so, Megan is one of those movies where it's like that realization, like, wow, this is way too, it's too advanced for us. And But the crazy part is it's not really. It's part of our life. Like, she's an AI doll that listens and absorbs everything she needs to know about this child and that's exactly what their phones are doing now that's what alexa does that's what suri does they absorb who we are as people to know how to better serve us and ultimately there's a downfall as you can tell because it's a horror film so you find out there's a downfall to this and it really takes you back to the fundamental of why we're parents, why we're guardians, why do we have children in our lives? Like, we just have to be better at communicating and being present. And I guess that goes along with what I was saying about the M. Night Shyamalan movie is because we're so disconnected from life that we just make terrible choices. And we don't even realize we're doing that. And so that's like one thing I feel is important when you're watching Megan to like grasp is maybe technology isn't the greatest thing that ever happened to us. Maybe it's more of a downfall of who we are as a society. 
that's a lot. I talked a lot. But that's all the movies I watched for January. Tell me what you think about the films that you watched. I know that The Last of Us came out on... Um, the Last of Us came out on HBO. I haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet. I will, but I just haven't had the time because I've been consumed with trying to catch up with The Walking Dead. Which, the season ended. If you guys don't know that, the season ended and Walking Dead is officially over. I think Norman Reedus is actually in Paris right now filming for his spinoff, which I'm very excited about because Daryl was my favorite favorite character. Um, I think there's a spinoff. I don't, let me look. I think there's a spinoff for um, Carol. Um... So the Walking Dead spinoffs World Beyond You, which is following, they're on second season already, and that's with Jadis, if you forgot who she was, she was the leader of the garbage people, I don't actually know what they were called themselves, um, she, uh, she's in the Walking Dead World Beyond You, which is on second season, you can watch that on the AMC app. Amazon Prime. Pretty much all the same places. Um, Fear of the Walking Dead. I'm, I'm, I just had gotten a really interesting conversation with that. Because Fear of the Walking Dead is on seven seasons. And it's supposedly a prequel. But it doesn't make sense to me. Because... Like, why would you have a prequel when you already watched? You already watched the storyline of The Walking Dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're watching The Walking Dead and it started at the very beginning. So I don't understand why they made a prequel, but whatever it is. Basically, you're watching Morgan interact in all the time frames that he was not part of The Walking Dead. He's in fear of The Walking Dead and that's like the people that he's interacting with um during that time frame and obviously uh, building up to the apocalypse i don't know i don't really care i don't watch it um it's already on seven seasons i think it's almost over and then tales of the walking dead is also got morgan i think no it's got olivia munn and samantha morton which She's alpha, so I don't know. I don't watch it. I don't watch it. Oh, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't watch it. Um, but it's on the second season, I think, or it's got se- one season. I don't know. I'm not interested in that one at all. I'm more interested in what's going to happen with Maggie. Like, to be honest, (laughs) that's what I'm most interested in. Maggie and Negan. um, I think they're going to New York, right? Yeah, Walking Dead, Dead City. That's something I'm interested in, Maggie and... Negan are going to New York. 
that seems very interesting. I don't know. I just really like her. I like Maggie. I like how her character developed. Um, I feel like Negan calling her the widow empowered her more. And her, I just, I'm interested to see all that. And I like Negan's transformation. I think you see that throughout the, you know, the season that there is some type of goodness in him, but also he's just a snarky person. And it's interesting. He does evil things, but like, there's some good and I think Carl was getting to him and obviously Judith gets to him even more which is so interesting to me but um you know I'm interested I, I think that premieres in April so I'm, I am interested in seeing that and then there's another one The Walking Dead red machete basically you're gonna follow the tales of every single person that's had that red machete that um rick had and then the last one i see hold on walking dead the oath i think that's the one that follows daryl no that's paul karna I think there's a Walking Dead movie coming out, torn, torn apart. It's got six episodes and Walking Dead, cold storage that came out in 2012. So there's like so many different ones. Um, hold on, let me find. Daryl goes to Paris. That's what I know. Daryl goes to Paris. So it's Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. So basically he goes to Paris. So... I know that Norman Reedus has been posting from Paris. I don't know how long he's been there, obviously, because I don't know him. I would like to know him, though. So, Norman Reedus, if you ever listen to my podcast, I would love to be your best friend. But, okay, back to the thing. He's doing it. So, those are the two, the the, the, the Daryl spinoff and the Maggie and Negan spinoff. Those are the ones that I'm most interested in. Um, but, yeah walking dead so i'm trying to catch up because like i've watched pieces over the years just because of like after glenn dying like I, my heart couldn't take it anymore so <laughs> i watched pieces so now i'm like really sitting down and watching it through so that that's what i've been doing so that's why i haven't watched uh, the last of us um and that's also why actually i was i never intended I know I told you guys that I was going to watch The Dragon, but I just never was going to watch it, to be honest with you guys, just because I feel like Game of Thrones really just showed us everything, and I was so disappointed with how it ended. I just didn't want to do that again. I didn't want to waste my time or waste my life watching something that was going to disappoint me, and I don't know. I just really, I really hated how the mother of dragons died, you know? Like, she shouldn't have died that way. It's ridiculous. But here we are. Um, I 
think that's all I have to talk about today. I'm excited for Ant-Man. I'm actually going to take my son to see it for his birthday with his friends. And what else? There's a couple movies coming out this year, this month. So um, I'm going to start doing this monthly instead of weekly. I'm just writing down notes and letting you guys experience the film industry everyday talk if you don't follow me please follow me on movie geek carissa corona um on instagram i love interacting with you guys so interact with me on the stories interact with me on the comments um definitely love hearing from you and talking about films and television and movies you know and, and well that's film but film television music art whichever I love hearing from you so please 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 follow me there and I hope you have a good February talk to you later bye